Hi there, it's Sewa, and welcome to episode 44 of the She's Off Script podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. Should you launch a podcast? Is the market already too saturated? What equipment should you use? Will your voice sound weird? These are all questions I get asked by people thinking about launching podcasts. In fact, almost a year ago, I was asking myself those same questions as I thought about launching this podcast. At the time, I was at a transition point in my life. I had just left a six-figure career on Wall Street to launch my own consulting practice, Pele & Co. I wanted to share the stories of other women who had successfully taken unconventional paths to success. My podcast launched at number 99 on the iTunes Personal Journals chart and earlier this month climbed to number 48. So a big thank you to all of you for continuing to support this show. Today, I'm sharing five things you should know before you launch a podcast. These are all things I have learned over the past year of hosting the show. So the first half of the episode is my general experience, and then the second half is in a listicle format with the five things I've learned. So if you're interested in hearing what it takes to launch a podcast, or you're just curious what it looks like behind the scenes, keep listening. Now, for those of you that are more interested in the Cliff Notes version, I actually have a free packet available for download in the show notes with all the info I had to scroll up and down the internet to gather. So from technology to the process of recording, publishing, picking a niche, it's all in there. So feel free to go ahead and download that. Now, if the process still seems too daunting for you to do on your own, I do offer a done for you podcast launch service at peleandco.com. So you can head over to peleandco forward slash let's chat to start your podcast launch today. With that, let's dive into the episode. Right off the bat, I want to dispel the idea that the podcasting market is oversaturated. Hear me out. I know everyone and their mom has a podcast today, but let's get into the stats. So in 2006, only 22% of consumers even knew what a podcast was. This year, 2019, that number has jumped to over 64% of consumers now being aware of podcasting. Also in 2019, this year, 32% or 90 million Americans polled by Statista.com had listened to a podcast in the last 30 days or so. And they are estimating that by 2020, podcast listening will grow to 132 million people in the United States. So that is a significant jump, meaning that there's room for people to come into the market and get a significant enough share of the market to make it worth their while to produce a podcast. Granted, like I said, there are a lot of podcasts out there. According to the Blueberry podcast hosting platform, there are roughly 540,000 podcast titles out there. And that number goes up by about 2,000 every single week. Now, of those 540,000 podcasts, get this, 75% of them are no longer in production. So 75% of the podcasts out there launched and then fizzled out by the fifth to seventh episode. So that tells me that it's fairly easy to start a podcast, but keeping it up is another story. I'm a numbers person, so I had to throw some stats in there, but given those odds of succeeding, why even start a podcast? 
launching and growing a podcast, it's a big undertaking. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It takes grit. It takes planning, consistency, and you have to be committed to continuously improving, continuously learning. Now, in order to stay committed, you need a good reason for launching your podcast. And spoiler alert, your reason can't be that you think it'll be fun because there are times when the admin of producing a show can be grueling. And unless you've been signed to a network or you have funds to hire a team right off the bat, you're going to need to have a bigger why. Now, the idea for this podcast came to me after I'd left my job and a month after I'd had the idea, I was ready to launch and had booked my first 10 guests. As you can imagine, I had to Google like crazy and watch a lot of YouTube tutorials and attend webinars to put everything together so quickly. Moving into this new phase where a lot of people didn't understand why I had made this change, I thought it was important to highlight women who had been courageous enough to create their own blueprints for success. My hope is to normalize taking these paths for future generations. I want my little girls to know the world is truly their oyster and that they can be successful no matter what they decide to do with their lives. And I want other parents to feel comfortable encouraging their children or friends and family members who want to go down paths that don't fit that traditional mold. That's my why. So if you're thinking about launching a podcast, put some thought into why you want to do it. The podcast world is littered with so many shows that, as I said earlier, drop off after episode five or get distracted and lose steam and start to randomly and sporadically drop episodes every other month before they fizzle out. If it was easy, everyone would do it and do it consistently. So just think long and hard about your long-term goals and make sure that having a podcast aligns with those goals. Once I knew I wanted to launch a podcast, the first thing I did was to start taking notes on things I loved about the podcasts I was already listening to. At the time, I probably had 10 podcasts or so in rotation that I listened to every week. So I looked at their interview style, the show format, their music, the type of guests they had on, their target audience, and then used that research to map out a show that just aligned with my brand and the message I wanted to put out there. The name of the show was actually the last thing I picked. I know a lot of people get stuck at that step, but it's really not the most important thing to focus on first. After deciding on a concept and a format, I mapped out my first 10 episodes. I picked the guests I wanted to approach and then gave their episodes working titles and then went ahead and pitched those potential guests. Now, the reason I gave my episodes working titles before the guests even agreed to come on was because I wanted to be clear on why that specific person was the guest I needed in my guest chair. If I wasn't clear on this, it would have come out in the way I approached these people. My earliest guests were people I had within my network, so it was a little bit easier to approach them. And then slowly, I started to extend my reach to people I didn't know after I had some social proof, meaning I had released a few episodes and people could listen to them and decide on whether or not they were interested in coming on the show. While I was recording interviews with these first few guests, I started to let people know I was launching the podcast. So this is the exciting part. I believe the trailer went live on iTunes two weeks before the first episode even dropped. 
And at this point, I have to say, it's important that you don't do things in a vacuum. The day your podcast launches can't be the first time people even hear about it, especially when you're starting a brand new platform like I did with no audience. No one really knows who you are. You don't already have 10,000 followers on Twitter or whatever social media platform you live on. Once my first episode was live, I shared it on my personal social media platforms. I shared it with friends, family, former colleagues, and that first episode aired August 29th of 2018. So we're now coming up on the first year anniversary, and I'm very excited about that. I recently read somewhere that launching is only the start of the journey. That couldn't be more true. Once you start releasing episodes, you will need to stay consistent and stay ahead of the production process. I would encourage you to map out as many episodes as possible in advance. Some of the more established shows that I follow have a batch process where they interview 10 or more guests on a given day every week so that they have an arsenal of episodes in their pipeline. I'm definitely still not there, but I do try to stay ahead as much as possible. So if you've decided to go with an interview show format, you will need to constantly be on the lookout for new guests. I've reached the point where publicists have started to send me pitches for their clients. Even though that's helpful, those clients aren't always a fit for the show. Sometimes it's painfully obvious they haven't listened to the show or they don't follow us on social media. So on my end, I still have to keep an eye out wherever I am on social media, at events out and about, or just reading news articles to find people I would like to have on the show. One of the most surprising things so far has been how willing people have been to come on the show from the beginning. I believe it comes down to the way you pitch and the digital footprint of your brand. So what do I mean by digital footprint and how you pitch? Well, when I pitch, although I work from a template, it's clear I've done my research on them and that I follow them on social media and that I have a genuine interest in their work. That research even shows up in the way I interview people on the show. I've had guests tell me that I had asked them some of the most thoughtful questions they've been asked in an interview, and they're often surprised when I reference details about their journey that they didn't think people were aware of. So going the extra mile to make your guests feel like they're not just part of this large email blast you send out is key, I think, to landing your wish list guests. And by your digital footprint, I mean that the minute someone reads your email, they're probably going to turn around and Google you. And when that happens, what are they going to find? Is there a website or at least a landing page for your podcast? Do you have social media accounts? Do they look polished? Are they going to be concerned about what they find when they Google you? And are they going to be concerned that it just doesn't align? So let's talk about branding for a second. I've had guests tell me that although I was fairly new, um, my online presence looked like I cared and looked like a brand that they wanted to be associated with. Just think about that. By coming on your podcast, whoever your guest is has to decide whether or not the show will have a positive impact on their brand. If your podcast vibe is ratchet chic, for example, 
Nothing wrong with that if that's your vibe, but if the guest you're approaching is, say, a church ministry brand, they are less likely to agree to come on your show just because your brands don't align. They're not going to want to talk about, you know, twerking trends at the club the night before. It just doesn't align. So you want to be mindful of that when you reach out to people. So when you're just starting out, I would say keep your look, keep your branding clean and simple, and then you can upgrade as you have the means or if it becomes necessary in the future. So those are just a few cautionary tales. On the other side of things, I have to say I've gained so much from hosting this podcast over the past year. First, it's been amazing meeting all of the listeners and getting to know you in DMs and in my comments. Starting from having zero people on this platform, I still get excited when I see downloads growing and when I see new people discovering us and liking all of our content on Instagram. So if your goal with podcasting is to grow your personal network, I have to say this podcast has definitely done that for me. If your goal with podcasting is to make it a part of your overall business or brand marketing strategy, I have to say that this podcast has been an integral part of increasing my brand awareness and has even landed me some new business opportunities. I follow other podcasters who have used their platform as a stepping stone to other career opportunities like speaking engagements, book deals, television cameos, or even career segues into journalism. Quite frankly, it is what you make of it. You get out of it what you put into it. Insert any other cliche here for you just need to put in the work. So if you take nothing else from this episode, here are the top five things I wish I knew before I launched this podcast. Number one is that taking a break could hurt your numbers. The first December after I launched the show, I took a break for the holidays and when I started releasing episodes again, my numbers weren't quite the same. People forget about you or they think that you've quit altogether, even though in my case, I announced in advance that I was taking a break for the holidays and would be returning. So it took months to rebuild my numbers to what they were, um, much less to grow them past that point. So if you're a new podcast, I would really advise against taking a break until you've seen consistent growth for a year or more. And even when you need to take a break, you may want to release a different type of content that takes less effort to produce so your audience doesn't fall out of the habit of tuning in to listen to you every week. The second thing I wish I had known is that keeping a consistent pipeline of guests is not easy. I've had guests cancel on me the day of a recording just because things come up and some of those guests never reschedule. I've had guests that are so busy that it's taken months to pin down a date that works for both of us. I say that to say even the best laid plans often go awry. Things happen, so just make sure you have a backup plan and have been stockpiling episodes. As someone who's producing this podcast solo and has a business to run, I have to work ahead just to make sure I stay consistent and continue to release quality content for my audience. I don't want to fall into the bucket of 75% of people who just fizzle out because I run out of steam. If I do stop producing this podcast, it's going to be because I intend to do that, not because I ran out of steam. So number three is that getting consistent sound quality is tough. 
Now, I record interviews with guests remotely over Zoom. If you want more insight into that, feel free to grab that free downloadable I mentioned at the top of the episode. But while I share tips with the guests on getting good sound quality, you can't always control the background noises in their room. You can't control the weak Wi-Fi signals that we have sometimes. And this all impacts the way their voices come across when I'm recording remotely. And so you'll need to pick up some editing skills to clean up the sound because in podcasts, sound is everything. And you just have to be prepared to address issues as they come up. I'm not perfect yet. And quite frankly, I may need to invest in a sound engineer at this point in the game to help me out with that, or even start doing more live in-person interviews so that I can really control the sound quality a bit better. But that's not always a possibility for someone operating at my level. So you just need to be aware that it's not going to be easy to get that crystal clear sound every single time. And you may just need to be able to anticipate the issues and address them as they come up. Number four is that marketing is key. Once you've put all that work into creating your podcast, creating your content, you have to promote it heavily. Depending on the subject matter of your show, most podcast episodes are evergreen content, meaning they're always relevant and can be promoted even months after their original release date. So when you're a one-woman show like I am, it can be tough to keep up with the promo, but it's so necessary if you want to see any growth. So get creative about how you put your content out there, whether you're putting it on social media. I think that's low-hanging fruit. Think about other ways you can get your podcast into other people's hands. For example, maybe you can share your iTunes link directly to people in the contacts of your phone, or you can share podcast releases with your email list as that grows so that they are aware whenever a new episode drops. The point is you need to do everything you can to get your episodes out there. Number five is to leave perfection at the door. If you try to edit out every uh or um, I tend to say so a lot if you haven't noticed. If I tried to edit that out, I would burn out. And I did that in the beginning and it was taking me forever to put together episodes. Practice makes perfect. And the more episodes you put out, the better you're going to get about interviewing and interacting with guests. So don't expect to be Oprah right out the gate. People like to hear authenticity from the shows they listen to. That's why they're coming back week after week. There's nothing worse than meeting someone in person and finding that in real life, they are nothing like that online persona that you've come to love. Just be you. And for most of us, that's not perfect. So after hearing all of that, do you still want to launch a podcast? If the answer is yes, please share a screenshot of your new show's Instagram feed with me at She's Off Script when it launches. Also, share which tip from this episode helped you the most. I would love to help you spread the word. Don't forget to download the free podcast launch resource I have in the podcast show notes. And if you think you're going to need some extra help launching that, check out the Done For You podcast launch service on pelleandco.com. That's P-E-L-L-E-A-N-D-C-O.com to get your podcast launch process started with us. With that, I'll talk to you next week for another conversation that will hopefully get us closer to creating our unique blueprints 
for success. Bye. I'm so glad you made it to the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please go on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. As always, don't forget to share this episode with your friends, family, colleagues, anyone who cares to listen. We'll talk to you next time.